We honor the reading of the wonderful word of the Lord. Today we're looking in the book of Ephesians chapter number 4. The book of Ephesians chapter number 4 and verse number 11. Uh, On your seat there or nearby, you ought to have the notes for today's message, fill in the blank notes. You'll notice that they're on, uh, what is this, 8 and a half by 12, is that what that is? A sheet of paper also, they have uh, holes punched in them. There's a reason for that. Because at the Lay Pastors Network Seminar that we're going to have in a few weeks, I want this to go in the binder that we are going to give you. Uh, Pastor Bosman will have his information. I think there's about 70 sheets that he's going to have that we're going to be covering. But I want the, today's sermon, to next Sunday and the week after also, will be like this. And I want you to make sure that you fill in the blanks and I want you to keep them so that at the uh, seminar you can put them uh, in the binder that will be provided for you. Okay? All right, the book of Ephesians, chapter number four, this morning began reading with verse 11 and reading down through and including verse 16. I am reading today from the New Living Translation. The Bible said, Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. Gifts Christ gave to the church the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, and the pastor and teacher. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. And this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us uh, with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of His body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly, as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow, so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of Love. A couple of verses I want to read again, and that's verse number 12, talking about uh, the gifts that Christ gave the church, which include the pastor. The, the Word of the Lord says their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and build up the church, the body of Christ. And then I want to read verse 16 again, and it says that God makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. I want to talk to you this morning and the next two Sundays about the Lay Pastors Network. Father, I thank you today, Father, that you have called us for such a time as this. Father, I believe with all of my heart, with all of my being, Lord, that we are here today and we are on the right path. We are on the right road. We are on the road, Lord, that you are leading and directing and guiding us. And God, I believe that you have plans for this church, plans to prosper us and not to harm us, to give us a future and a hope. God, I believe with all of my heart, Lord, that the best years of this church are ahead. They're not behind us. They're not today, but they are ahead of us. And God, I know that you're going to equip us and you're going to prepare us, Lord, for the incredible, incredible journey, Lord, that we're going to be on, Lord, in the weeks, the months, and the years ahead. Father, I pray, Lord, what has been birthed in my heart and in my spirit, Lord, I pray, Lord, will be birthed in the heart and in the spirit of every individual that is here today as well. For the glory of God, we ask, and all of God's people said, praise the Lord. And you may be seated this morning. Listen, I want to tell you this morning, I cannot tell you how excited that I am about the future of this church. I'm telling you, I am just about to explode on the inside when I see what I believe that God has in store for this local assembly. Oh yes, we are building a new building and I want to promise you it is going to be awesome. It is going to be incredible. 
I am working daily on all of the nuts and the, and the bolts of what it takes just to get the process started, just to get it going and get it off of the ground. I'm getting really, really close to signing off on the floor plan. Just a couple more tweaks, just a couple more adjustments. I've been going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth with the builder and the architect, trying to get every square inch out of the building and trying to get it to work uh, as great and as incredible as it possibly, possibly can. But let me tell you this morning, a, a church building only houses the church. It only houses the church. I want you to look around you this morning. We are the church. We are the church. We are the church and we are on a journey. We are on a journey. I believe that God is taking us somewhere. Listen, friend, there are so many things that are going on in my heart and my spirit. I I cannot wait until our missions convention in March in order that I might be able to tell you the dream that God birthed in my heart for missions for the future of New Bethel and missions. I'm excited about it. Amen. The Lord has spoken to me about some things about the future of, of this church. I'm not going to tell you all about it. I'm going to give you a little bit here and a little bit there. You can't handle it all. You can't handle it all. But I am going to tell you this morning, I'm going to get, tell you one thing this morning. One of the things that I believe with all of my heart that God uh, spoke to me. One of the things that I, I believe that God wants us to do at New Bethel. That is the thing I want to share this morning. Is I believe that God gave me a new, a new vision statement for this church. A new vision statement for this church. Are you ready to hear it? How many of you want to hear it? Okay, if you don't want to hear it, I'm not going to tell you. Amen. How how many of you want to hear it? Amen. I believe that God gave me a new vision statement for us. And here it is this morning. Here's the new vision statement for this church. And it is caring people, caring for people. Caring people, caring for people. For people. You see, this is who I believe God wants us to become. I believe that God wants us to become caring people, caring for people. I believe God wants us to become people who care. And if we are people who really care, then we will be people who care, or we will be people who watch out for, or we will be people who take care of other people. Thus, caring people, caring for people. How many of you could get excited about that a little bit? Amen? Now understand, I've had a long time to process it. I can't expect you to jump and shout, but I wish you would. Because that's what I want you to do. Because I believe that this is not from me this morning. This is not something that I have come up with. It's not something that I have dreamed up. It's not something that I've got on the internet and looked at all of everybody else's vision statements and said, Oh, I like that one. Let me pick that one. Now, I believe it is a vision statement that God has birthed in my heart and that God wants us to become and embrace in this church. Caring people, caring for people. And this coming year, we are going to introduce and install the Lay Pastors Network. And for the next three Sundays, beginning with today, I'm going to be laying a foundation for this incredible ministry to be built upon. It's going to be a ministry of people ministering to people. Caring people, caring for people. See how it all fits together? See how it all fits together? Now, now I've been around for a long, long time. And I've been in the church all of my life, and I've been a pastor nearly 40 years. And so I know how some, not all, but I know how some church people think. And so some of you right now are thinking, well, of course, of course it all fits together perfectly, pastor. You planned it that way. Well, let me just take a moment and pause and thank you. I just want to take a moment and thank you for believing that I am smart enough to plan everything that is going to fall in place and fit together perfectly in the next few weeks and months and years ahead and for our future. I I want to take a moment and thank you for thinking so highly of me. Truth is... God being my witness, I am not that smart. Turn to your neighbor and say, Pastor is not that smart. (laughs) It's all right. Never been accused of being brilliant. 
No, I'm not, I'm not that smart. Please hear my heart this morning. I, I, I'm not that smart. I, I'm not smart enough to put together everything that's going to happen here in the next few weeks and months and years. I'm not smart enough to put together a plan that is going to fit so incredibly together, amen, that as you're going to see it unfold and see it fit together. I, I will tell you that I am smart enough to realize I'm not that smart. And I want to tell you that's pretty smart. It is. It's pretty smart to realize that you're not that smart. Because you see, you see, I am smart enough to know that although I am not that smart, I am smart enough to know that the Holy Spirit is incredibly smart. I am smart enough to know oh, that the Holy Spirit is so smart. And, I, and, and I'm smart enough to know that if I'll stay close to God, I know if I will seek God daily, I know I'm smart enough to know if I will tune my ears to His voice, that He will speak to me. He will speak to me. And if I will do what He tells me to do, the Holy Spirit can make me look smart. Let's talk about the Lay Pastors Network this morning. The the Lay Pastors Network is a process of getting the hands-on, everyday ministry out of the hands of the professional clergy and back into the hands of the people where God intended it to be. Five things I want to talk about today. The first thing I want to talk about this morning is the problem. And there is a problem. Houston, we have a problem. There is a problem in the church today. There's a problem in the modern day church, and here's the problem. Here's the problem. The church has grown an audience instead of an army. That's the problem in the modern day church. We have grown an audience when we were in need of an army. And here's the problem this morning. Christians are bored and pastors are burned out. Christians are bored and pastors are burned out. 80%, 80%, some even estimate higher, but... A minimum of 80%. Eight out of every ten pastors who start out in ministry will not finish in ministry. They will drop out of the ministry somewhere along the way. Eight out of every ten. And the reason they are trying to carry a load that God never intended for them to carry alone. Here's another problem in the church today. We produce crisis care, but not pastoral care. If the professional clergy, if the professional ministers, if the full-time ministers, if they are the only ones in the church providing ministry to the people, they will only have time to provide crisis care. What do I mean by a crisis? Well, sickness or a death in the family or abuse or divorce or bankruptcy. If someone is, is going through a crisis and a true, a true pastor knows about it, that person will receive pastoral care. Now hear everything I said. If someone in the church is going through a crisis and the pastor is aware of it and he's a true pastor... That person going through the crisis will receive pastoral care. Here's part of the problem is sometimes the pastor don't even know about it. Had a lady in my church one time years ago. And she came to church uh, and uh, out in the foyer where everybody was at, she said, I could have died and nobody would have cared. Well, that got my attention. What? If I'd have died, nobody would have cared. What are you talking about? Well, I was in the hospital last week and nobody from the church visited me. You were in the hospital? I didn't know it. Am I supposed to have ESP or something? ESP? I didn't say that. I was gracious, but come on. Come on, what what do you think? I get an email from God uh, every Monday about who's sick in the church? 
The Bible says if you're sick, you should call. Say call. Call. That's another sermon. I'll go on. But here's the problem this morning. We all need pastoral care whether we are in a crisis or not. But the full-time pastors don't have time to provide it unless you're in a crisis. So we must do something about it. Listen, friend, we are going to do something about it. Second thing I want to talk about this morning is the perception. And here's the perception, or here's the way that a lot of, not all, but a lot of church people think it ought to be in the church. Church members give their money, so the pastors should do all the work. Well, that makes sense. It does. Well, you know, that's why we pay our tithe. We pay our money to the church so the pastors can do all the work. Here's the problem with the perception. It's wrong. (laughs) It's wrong. It's not the way that God intended it to be. And please this morning, please, please, please hear my heart today. I want you to, want you to hear my heart this morning. I'm not trying to get out of work. I'm a lot of things, but I'm not lazy. Now, I don't want anybody to feel sorry for me, and it's my own way of doing things. It's my own fault. I don't want anybody to feel sorry for me, and I'm not trying to brag this morning. I'm going to tell you that I work some seven days a week. I work every day of the week. Some days I work a long time. Some days I work just a few hours. But I work seven days a week. Hardly a day goes by almost in any week that I'm not even in my office. Whether I'm working somewhere else. or But I work seven days a week. Sometimes a lot. Sometimes a little. But that's the way I work. Every single day I, I work. I'm not lazy this morning. I'm not trying to get you to do my job for me. It's not about trying to transfer my work to you. That's not what it's all about. You see, I'm going to actually have to work harder. At least until we get this thing up and going and off the ground. I'm still going to work just as hard as I've ever worked. I'm just going to be able to work more in the areas where I am supposed to work. We'll talk more about that in the next point. Well, Here's another wrong perception that some church people think. And that is, they think, well, I'm not called a ministry pastor. You are. Wrong. We're both called to ministry. We have different offices. We have different callings. We have different things to do. Truth be known, we are both called. I am called to equip. And you are called to do. Let's talk about the process a little bit this morning. Let's talk about the process. The process, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 and 12. These are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and teacher. Notice what it says next. Their job. Say their job. Whose job? Whose? Who's there? Who's they? No. Who's they? No. All right, let's read it again. These are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher. Their job, who's there? The prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher, right? Their job is to equip God's people to do. Say do. To do His Work. So, so in these verses, Paul gives us the process for ministry. Paul says that the pastor's job is to equip the people to do the ministry of the church. So lay pastoring or Christians ministering to other Christians is not new. It has been around since the early church. And I don't know if I'm into this new thing God, that pastor's leading us to. New? How old is Ephesians? New? We just missed it. That's the problem. Lay pastoring or Christians ministering to other Christians is not new. It's been around since the early church. But somewhere along the way, the the hands-on, everyday ministry of the church was taken out of the hands of the saints and given to the full-time professional ministry. And that is not God's plan. And because it is not God's plan, it doesn't work very well. 
I've got a saying that I devised years ago, and it's like this. A good idea will work. I mean, a God idea, excuse me, I hadn't said it in a long time. A God idea will work. A good idea will work you. A God idea will work. And this is God's idea. A good idea, which what we have turned it into in our perception, will work you or whoever is. Amen. The, the professionals can do crisis care, but, the, the, but true pastoral or everyday care is impossible if there are very many people that need to be ministered to. And that's one of the reasons why the average church in America is under 100 people. Because that's all that one pastor can halfway take care of. Okay? Let's talk a little bit about this word equip. Word equip means to mend the nets. In Matthew 4, Jesus calls four fishermen to follow him and become his disciples, fishers of men. Matthew 4.21 says that when Jesus got there, they were mending their nets. Now, in the Greek language, the same word is used for mending as it is for the word equipping. So in the Greek language, mending and equipping mean the same. And these fishermen were mending, or they were preparing, or they were equipping their nets for fishing. They were working on their Equipment. You see, a fisherman might get a multitude of fish in his net, but but if his net has a big hole in it, the fish is going to get out. A smart fisherman works as hard on mending or preparing or equipping his nets as he actually does on fishing itself. You see, he not only wants to get fish in his nets, but he wants to make sure that when he gets the fish in the net, there's not a hole in the net where the fish can get back out. And see, the church has worked extremely hard in the past at catching fish. We're pretty good at catching fish. Oh, we can get plenty of fish in our nets. But because the church hasn't worked as hard at mending or preparing or equipping their nets, big holes are in the net. And the church, although they can get many fish in the net, but because there is holes in the net, then the people get out. If there are holes in our nets, the fish we catch will get away. So the problem in the church world today is the back door works as good as the front door does. We all like to talk about how many new people are coming to our church, but nobody's talking about how many are going out the back door. Truth be known, the back door works as good as the front door. Truth be known, there are many, as many people leaving the church. And I'm talking about the church universal, the church as a whole. There are as many people leaving the church as there are coming to the church. Pastor Rick Warren, who pastors one of the largest churches in, in, in America, uh, very well known, wrote The Purpose Driven Life, The Purpose Driven Church. Pastor Rick Warren says, he says, we are pastoring a parade. He said, in the modern church of America, we are pastoring a parade. He says, we have a handful of committed people that are rock solid and stable. They are there year in and year out, year in and year out. Come what may, you can count on them. They are there. He said, then there are those that come in for a while, and then one day they just stop showing up. And you look around one day, and they are gone, and nobody knows why. The purpose of the Lay Pastors Network is to mend our nets. It is to repair the holes in our net so that we not only catch fish, but so that the fish that we do catch will not get away. 
You see, church growth experts tell us that a person must have at least seven friends or seven close associations in the church or they will not stay. It doesn't matter what the church building looks like. It does matter, but in this particular instance, it doesn't matter how the church looks like. It doesn't matter how great the praise and worship is. It don't matter how, doesn't matter how, how dynamic or, or non-dynamic uh, that the pastor is. Uh, if they don't connect with at least seven people in the church in an amount of time, they're going out the back door. They're not going to stay. You see, people must connect with other people or they're not going to stay. And see, this is why we have our connection groups. I don't know why we have this stuff. There's a reason. There's a purpose. We're doing stuff on purpose. We're, we're, we're not just having church. And we ought to have church. And we do every Sunday morning. It's called the celebration service. Listen, if you want to talk about years ago, I remember years ago, I was there, participated. We hardly had church on Sunday morning, I mean, because we knew we was coming back that night. And so we just kind of warmed up for Sunday night. And then we let our hair down. Well, listen, we're not coming back tonight, so let your hair down this morning. Amen. We're doing stuff on purpose, not just to be doing something. Amen? Amen. This is why we have our connection groups on the second and fourth Sunday night of the month. Small groups designed for fellowship. It's not about Bible study. We have that on Wednesday night. It's not about worship. We do that on Sunday morning. Not even about prayer and intercession. We do that other times. It's about fellowship. It's about, it's called connection groups. It's about connecting. Small groups designed for fellowship. Where'd you get it? Right out of the book of Acts. They continued in the apostles' doctrine, in fellowship, in breaking of bread. Come on. Amen. This is one of the reasons why we have our cultivation classes on Wednesday night. Bible study, discipleship in a small classroom setting so that not only can you be taught the Word and grow in your faith, but also in a smaller setting you can get to know somebody better. You see, you can't make seven friends in the church by just coming to the Sunday morning celebration service where 350 people attend and you come in late and leave early. You're not going to make any connection or get to know anybody. Amen. The process is simply the lay pastor network. The process is simply the pastor of the church equipping or training the people to do the ministry of the church. Let's talk a little bit about the protest, number four. little preaching, little teaching. Little meddling. It's all needed. All needed. Amen. Amen. This is the direction God is taking our church. So we're not, I'm not just going to flip us there. I'm going to show you how we're going to get there. It's going to be a process. It's, I'm taking three weeks just to lay the foundation. Talk about the protest. Anytime that something, it doesn't matter if it's in the church, if it's at work. If it's at the grocery store. I mean, I was loving it at the grocery store because I could just go get a few things and zip through the self-help, self-checkout line and keep motoring and keep going. But, but because the people at my grocery store bowed to a few grappy people, uh, they took them out. Now you got to stand in line let somebody else do it. Well, they had that for people that wanted to, didn't know how to do it. They had a line for them too. But for some of us that are in a hurry and don't like grocery stores, let me get it zip in, zip out. Anytime, doesn't matter if it's church, grocery store, Walmart, work, anytime that something is proposed to people that is not exactly as it has always been, there will be some protest. We never did it this way before is a verse that gets sung over and over and over You see, people have a hard time when they are asked to get out of their comfort zone. Truth is, most people are in a rut. They drive the same way to work every single day. They eat at the same restaurants. They eat the same thing at the same restaurant. 
They don't even need a menu. They wear the same style of clothes. They sit in the same place at the church. Same seat. Every Sunday. They park in the same parking spot. They talk to the same people. They talk to the same people about the same thing. Same, same, same. It's called a rat. Let me, let me comment on four protests that people might make about the lay pastor's network. The first protest might be, well, I, I don't know how. I, I don't know how. And here's what I've discovered, and that is people are usually down on what they're not up on. People are usually down on what they're not up on. Well, well, pastor, I don't know how to minister. Pastor, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. No problem. No, no, no problem. I'm not going to ask you to do something that I'm not willing to offer you training in. We're going to train you to minister. We're going to tell you what we want you to do and how we want you to do it. Write these dates down this morning. Write these dates down. February 17 and 18. February the 17th is a Friday night from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Saturday, February the 18th is 9 a.m. until 3 p.m. Extensive training will be offered to anybody in this church that wants to learn what the Lay Pastors Network is all about. You don't have to be a pastor, a staff member, a deacon, a leader, or even a member. You come to this church and you're interested in what the Lay Pastors Network is all about. You're invited and I want you to come. Amen. And after you go through the training, you can decide whether or not you want to be involved. And nobody is going to be pressured to be a care pastor if they want, don't want to be one. Because you see, you're not going to be a very good one if you don't want to be one. Another protest, what if I fail? Well, if you come to all the training and then do what you're trained to do, you won't fail. The Lay Pastors Network is a proven ministry. This this isn't some trial run. It's a proven ministry. Dr. John Bosman, he's been here a couple times already, who is going to train us. And you don't understand the privilege we have to have him. He has people that do it for him. He's coming himself to do it. He doesn't do that. He doesn't do that everywhere he goes. Most places he doesn't. He sends somebody. He's coming. Dr. John Bosman, who will train us, he has been there, done that, bought the t-shirt. He has built a church from 450 people to 3,000 people using this ministry model. Protest number three, I don't have time. How do you know? You don't have time. You haven't even been trained yet. It's amazing how smart people are. They know already. How do you know? Haven't been trained yet. Now, there are a couple of key positions or key roles in this ministry that, that, that is going to require some time. Initially, it will require quite a bit of time for a couple of people until we get everything uh, organized and, uh, and up and going. There's a couple of key roles that will require some time. But for most of the people that will be involved, the greatest amount of time invested will be the time you invest in getting trained. Hear me, the time required to be a lay pastor will not overwhelm you. The fourth one, pastor, it's too hard. It's too hard. You know, nothing worthwhile is easy. Is marriage easy? I didn't say, is it worth it? I said, is it easy? The men are just sitting there. The women are going. 
I understand. Is parenting easy? <laughs> Especially when they turn 13. You know. Like one man in my church years ago, I said, what's wrong with Zach? He said, he said he's 13, can't help it. <laughs> yeah, I understand. Had two of them turn 13 one time. Yeah. 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 Is marriage easy? Is parenting easy? Is getting a degree, is that easy? Listen, becoming a part of the lay pastor's network will require some work. Eight to nine hours of training is a lot. I'm I'm asking you for a lot. I've never asked you for what I'm going to ask you for this time. Because eight or nine hours, that's a lot. But the results will be worth it. And everything is going to be laid out and provided for you. And if you can follow simple instructions, you can do this ministry. It's not rocket science. It's just caring people, caring for people. All right, let's talk about the purpose this morning. Why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? What's the purpose? What's the purpose? Well, the purpose of the Lay Pastors Network is twofold. Number one, it is to involve people. To involve people. Ephesians 4 and 12, to equip God's people to do His work. Let me tell you something, friend. God didn't save you just so you could sit, sour, and soak. Let me ask you this morning, why do you come to church? Why do you come to church? A few of you, I really don't want you to answer that. Let me give you three reasons why you should be coming. First of all, for prayer and praise. You should come to church to to assemble together with your brothers and sisters of like precious faith for prayer and for praise. Second purpose for coming to church is you ought to be coming for personal growth. Personal growth. Through the preaching and teaching of the Word on Sunday and on Wednesday, if you actually heed the Word and not just hear the Word, you will grow and you will mature in your faith. Someone told my wife just this week, I'm not the same person I was when I started coming to this church a few years ago. I'm nothing like I used to be. And this person just started telling my wife the different changes that's happened in this person's life as a direct result of the ministry of this church. See, this individual didn't just hear the word, but they heeded the word. Why do I develop my sermons like I do? Am I trying to be cute? Am I trying to be whatever? No, I'm trying to get it in your spirit. See, it takes me three times as long to do my sermons as I could just get up here and just preach. But I do it so that when you fill in those notes, six months from now, if you've got a problem in a certain area, you can look back, you can find. And don't just fill in the little blanks, but write some other things in there too. Someone recently told me, said, I had a major decision to make in my life. And I remembered that a few years ago, you did a, a, a lesson on how to make good decisions. They said, I looked back a few years of your notes, and I found how to make good decisions. And said, I went step by step by step by step. And it helped me make my decision. If you're not growing, it ain't my fault. I'm not claiming to be the greatest preacher or teacher. I ain't the worst either. I'm telling you, you don't just need to hear the word. You need to heed the word. You need to take those notes. You need to keep them. You need to file them. 
You need to look through them every once in a while. You need a word from God, read the word, but also look through those notes. Maybe there's something there that can really speak to you when you're going through something. Why do we come to church? We should go, come for prayer and praise. We should come for personal growth. And we ought to come, number three, to pass it on. Paul writes in Philippians 4 and 9, the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, Paul said, these do. What? Do. And the God of peace will be with you. We should come to church and, and pray and worship and hear the word. And then we should take what we learned at church and pass it on to the people that we know, the people we love, the people that we come into contact with in our everyday life. Write this down this morning. Write this down. When we receive without giving, we become spiritually fat. When we receive without giving, we become spiritually fat. When we give without receiving... When we give without receiving, we become faint. When we receive, when we receive and then give or pass it on, we become faithful. Talking about the purpose of the Lay Pastors Network. The first is to involve people. The second is to increase productivity. Increase productivity. The Lay Pastors Network is not designed to do my work for me. It's designed so that we can truly take care of all of our people, not just the people that are going through a crisis in their life at that particular moment. The Lay Pastors Network, its purpose is to increase the quality of ministry and genuine care for every single person who comes to our church. We get the worship team back up this morning. Let me tell you this morning, I believe that we've got a great church. Five people believes it. I said, I believe that we have a great church. I believe that we have a lot to offer. I believe we've got a whole lot to offer, but I also believe that we can do better. Amen. I believe that we can raise the bar and offer personal ministry at a higher level. I believe that it is time for caring people to care for people. And let me tell you, friend, it will not happen overnight. And let me tell you, friend, it will not happen in one magical seminar. This will be a journey. This will be a process. A continual process. You see, fishermen never stop mending their nets. They never say, well, nets are finished, nets are mended. Lifetime of fishing. No. Every time they are finished fishing, they wash, clean, examine, repair their nets. They spend as much time working on their nets as they do catching them. They understand the mere foolishness of casting out a net has a big hole in it. They may catch 200 fish, but if 150 of those fish get away because of the hole in the net. I don't know about you this morning, but, but and I've had more time to process this and I understand, but, but I'm ready to mend our nets. I'm ready, to, I'm ready to repair the holes in our nets that keep allowing the fish we catch to get away. How about it this morning, church? Are you with me? Seven of you are. Thank you. That's better than I... It could be. Are you with me this morning? Let me ask you this this morning. Will will you line up? Will Will you line up to our new vision statement? Caring people. Caring for people. 
How many believe that could be something incredible and awesome? How many believe that just could be the Lord? Caring people. Caring for people. We say we care. But if we're not caring for someone, we don't really care. We care. Oh, we care. Well, where's so-and-so? They've been gone for three months. Nobody's checked on them. Yes, we didn't really care. Because caring people Caring people care for people. So if you're not caring for people, you really don't care. It's the bulldog coming out. Write down this date if you haven't already, February 17th and 18th. Friday, February the 17th from 7 until 9 p.m. Saturday morning, February the 18th from 9 a.m. until 3 p.m. Lay Pastor Network training. And anybody interested in this ministry can attend. And just because you do attend, that doesn't mean that you're required to be involved in this ministry. It simply means that you are interested and you want to know more about it. And please, please, please don't miss the next two Sundays. As I continue laying the foundation, that's all this is this morning. I'm just laying the foundation. Brother Bosman's going to build the building. I'm just laying the foundation. But I'm going to tell you something. The building is only as strong as the foundation. If you don't have a good foundation, no matter how beautiful the building is, it'll crumble. Without a good foundation, when the storms come, the building will, 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 will you know, it'll collapse. The most important part of any building is its foundation. That's why we're taking three lay a foundation for the direction of this church in the future. So please don't miss the next two Sundays as I continue laying the foundation for the Lay Pastors Network. If you do have to miss because you've got pneumonia or something really, really bad or you've got to work or something, please, if you're not here the next two Sundays or either one of those next two Sundays, order a CD and listen to it or just go to our website and listen to it. It'll be up after the service this morning, it'll be up. So you can listen to it online. It doesn't even cost you even the price of the CD. But maybe that's not, you know, that doesn't work good for you. But either way, I want you to listen to the next, I want you to listen to this sermon, the next two sermons, as we lay the foundation of the Lay Pastors Network. Would you stand with me this morning? We're over time already. We're past when we ought to be out because we got people, more people coming in this morning. I'm going to try. I know it's. I, I, I try and preach less, but I'm not going to promise you that the next three weeks. I'm not going to promise you that. Because what you need to hear is what's on my heart, and you need the foundation more than you need anything else. So I'm not going to. I'm not going to speed it up, hurry. I'm not. I'm going to take my time. I'm going to preach it. I'm going to teach it. I'm going to share it. Then after that, I'm going to do my best to preach a little less. God for a wonderful pastor's wife says honey your preaching is awesome it's too long need to dial it back a little bit yeah you don't know what's turning on in here I've been processing this for a long time and I have a let me just tell you one of my faults. And one of my faults is, is that is that I process something for so long, pray about it so long, and then I present it, and then I'm upset because people are, don't just jump up and click their heels about it. And I'm so, I'm so full and so excited about it, I could bust, and that's the first time they ever heard it, heard it. And that's a fault I have. You don't have any, but I have some. That's one of mine. So I'm not going to ask you to jump, click your heels, and shout, and whatever, yet. ask you to 
process what you're hearing. Don't gossip about it. Don't criticize it. Don't question it. Now, yet, process it. Process it the next three Sundays. Just process it. And see if what's in my heart will not jump up in your heart. And if it's just me, I don't want it to. But if it's really Him, it will. Not 100%, because, you know, some people have a hard time hearing God. All I'm asking you today is process. Process the vision statement. Caring people. Caring for people. Process the lay pastor network. People. Caring for. Taking care of. Checking on. Ministering to. Other people. Would you do that for me? Just process? That's not too much to ask, is it? I didn't ask you to embrace it yet. I just asked you to process it. Openly, openly, and honestly, and sincerely. If you'll do that, leave the results to the Lord. Father, I just pray today. Father, I pray today, Lord, that what is in my heart God, I don't even talk to my wife about stuff that I'm not 110% convinced. But I've heard from God. My fault is I wait too long and I talk to too little people, but it's because because when when I open my mouth and say, I feel like the Lord has said this or I feel like the Lord is directing this, I know, I I know. I don't take that lightly. And so I have to know that I know that I know that I know. Father, open our hearts today. Open our hearts. Open our hearts. God, I believe with all of my heart that we're on a journey. I believe with all of my heart that you're taking us somewhere. I believe with all of my heart we are right on course. And I believe that before it's over, every I is going to be dotted and every T is going to be crossed. Father, and every single piece of the puzzle is going to fit together perfectly in union and in perfection in exactly the way, not I, but the way that you planned it. And when it is done, we're going to stand back and we're going to say, to God be the glory, great things He Father, I pray for anyone that came today, Lord, with a, with a burden in their heart today. Anyone that came, Lord, today with a, with a sickness or an illness today. Anyone that came, uh, Lord, with depression today or, or despondency, Lord. Anyone, Lord, that came today with a need of any kind today. Father, I just pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that every single need will be met today. Even though we're kind of just teaching and preaching today and sharing our heart today. But, but God, I know that your presence is in our midst today. And God, I know, Lord, today doesn't matter what I preach or what I say or don't say. That does not hinder the working of the Holy Spirit. It does not hinder the presence of God uh, in doing what needs to be done in every heart and in every life. And so, Father, I just pray that every need is met in this house for your glory and your honor. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Pastor Brady, if you can lead us through one time this morning, we're way over and then we'll be done. God bless you.